Listening to Condé Nast Traveler's podcast, Women Who Travel, you will be transported to the ancient ruins of Pompeii, to New York City's most storied neighborhoods, and to the jaw-dropping peaks of Bhutan. It's the best of what you love about traveling, experiencing different people, cultures, and perspectives, all from the comfort of your own home. Each week, join host and global journalist Lali Alikoglu as she shares her own experiences along with those of self-identifying women travelers from all over the globe. How do the bestie comedian pairs of Sheer Zamata and Nicole Byer navigate travel together? What can you realistically expect from your first global solo travel experience? How is dance used as a tool for healing in Indigenous Australian communities? If these questions piqued your interest, pack your bags and go on a journey with women who travel. Available wherever you get your podcasts. I dropped my three-year-old at nursery, and we're now on the way to my son's school. We're both still a bit tired from my wife's birthday weekend and are sitting in a bit of traffic, listening to the morning news on BBC Radio. Nothing really prepares you for how to explain what an airstrike is to your six-year-old while waiting at a red light. I explain what it means, the basics of it, and there's a pause. We get rolling again on the green light, me now thinking about a block of flats in Kiev. The news moves to last night's big football game that I watched the last ten minutes of. Arne, my son then tells me that he has science club today. He's excited. They're going to make a DNA model out of sweeties. This week's episode is one of my solo ones, and it's about what is happening in Ukraine. Actually, I don't know if I can claim that, since how can this even touch the edges of that? It can't. But what I can do is offer some words and some practices and hope that they might be helpful. And as we begin... Let's do something to help us settle down and settle in. You might want to soften your shoulders and your face, your jaw. You might want to shuffle your body so that things feel a smidge more comfortable. You might notice any thought chains or judgments that have arisen based on what you've heard already and let them go, sending them on their way with a sigh or a nice long out breath. Ah. Let's talk about doom-scrolling. Even if you're not familiar with the word, then there's still a pretty high chance that you do it. A decent definition of doom-scrolling is spending an excessive amount of time devoted to negative news. If COVID was the long, painful warm-up, then the Ukraine crisis is today's headline act. You can look into some of the early scientific research into doom-scrolling, but having done so myself, I can summarise it as that it's not good for us. But it's so compulsive. We can't stop. We want to know, want to feel connected to what is happening. 
but it drags our fingers, our eyes, our mood, our energy down. So next time you are doom scrolling, here's something you can try to soften things. Still taking in the information, but balancing the attention. Feel your phone. It sounds simple, too simple, silly even, but it's become an important part of my own device use for a long time now. When taking in content on the screen, feel the weight of the phone in your hand. Know the smoothness of the glass on your finger as you tap into the next story. Be aware of the pressure of your hand on the edge of the phone. The reason this can be a powerful thing to do is that part of our attention is present on physical sensation, on what is happening. With part of our attention, our mind, locked into body awareness, there's less space for our mind to spin away. There's just that little bit more presence to help us avoid getting caught in the attention pit. A better chance of us noticing when one more terrible story actually might not be what serves us best in that moment. When something is so much bigger than us, it can be hard to know what to do. And when we do do something, it's hard to know that it's making a difference. That is when the combination of intention, action and trust becomes a practice. As does letting go that we are at the center of the universe. It's tough though, so do be easy on yourself. Adding our guilt onto an already challenging situation tends not to help anyone. Certainly not us. When thinking about this meditation today, the practice that came to mind first was one I've shared before, called RAIN. My infantile brain went, Ukraine, RAIN, right? RAIN is a meditation framework, which is the one I get the most messages about when I've shared it before, in apps and other places. Developed by the insight meditation teacher Michelle MacDonald, it's a mnemonic for use when facing difficult experiences. So it fits. Let me walk you through it. It's a four-stage process that you can use at any time, but becomes particularly valuable when dealing with that which is hard to bear. R is for recognize. 
If you are afraid, confused, hurting, angry, feeling lost, recognize that that is what is happening. It is a valid experience. It is happening. A is for allow. This is hard. To allow means to let whatever is happening in our mind and in our body to just happen. Not to fight it, not to deny it, to allow it. I is for investigate. This is possible if there's some stability here. What are the actual sensations in your body? How does fear, confusion, hurt, anger, feeling lost express itself in the body? With any stability that is here, can you notice any of the fine details of the sensations? What comes and goes? What mental patterns sit alongside the physical ones? N is for not me. If you can get to this point, this is a key instruction. We've recognized, allowed, and investigated our experience in the cauldron of this moment in history. We've observed our experience. And if we are able to observe it, then we are not it. In situations where we feel we have no power, and there is stress and distress, it's good to know a process, a practice like RAIN. It's a small support system that helps bring some ease to our experience, while keeping us connected to what goes on around us. We don't always want or need to disengage, but we find our place to be present with what's around us. The other thing I'm doing a lot at the moment is what I sometimes call living from my chest. At least that's what I call it to myself. I'd never say it out loud, because it sounds weird. I do it when lying down in bed. I do it when walking the dog. I do it when things feel too much. I do it during the little space when I've parked the car and before I remove my seatbelt and open the door. I place my attention in the region around my heart into my chest and just let what is there come up. Most of the time at the moment there is some flavour of constriction and when I stick with it for a little time the act of resting here of giving my heart the generosity of my attention softens things. So if you're okay to do that let's do this for a little bit for a minute not a minute silence, but a minute full of connection, sensitivity, and careful, loving attention. Dropping all our awareness into the heart region and letting what is here be known. And letting the natural care of our awareness bring some softness to a hard time.
Thank you. The DNA model that my six-year-old makes in Science Club is pretty great, actually. Two strawberry licorice laces with coloured marshmallows acting as the bases, cocktail sticks holding it all together, so you can form it all into a small double helix. If not tomorrow, he'll ask more questions about Ukraine. They're talking about it in assemblies and have a fundraising day coming up soon. And he'll get upset because he's six. And because he's human. You're human too. So look after yourself. Let's do this again soon. Go well. On behalf of the team at Meditative Story, thank you for spending time with us today. We love creating the show for you. And if the show serves you in a meaningful way, we'd love to hear from you. Would you take a minute right now to write us a review in your podcast app? When you leave a review, it really inspires our team. And we're a group who derives so much energy from understanding how Meditative Story impacts you. It's also a way for you to pay it forward by helping others discover the show. So if leaving a review speaks to you today, we'd really appreciate it. Meditative Story is a Wait What original. Our executive producers are Darren Triff and June Cohen. Jay Punjabi is our supervising producer. The series is produced by Dorothy Abrams. Original music and sound design by Ryan Holiday. Our scriptwriters are Peter Keckley, Florence Williams and Hannah Brencher. Technical support from Robin Wise. Mixing and mastering by Brian Pugh. Special thanks to Emily McManus, Anna Pizzino, Sarah Tata, Kelsey Capitano, Tim Cronin, Sammy Oputa, Leah Serametis, Colin Howarth, Chineme Ezequena, Charlie Menezes, and Adam Heiner. And I'm Rohan Gunatilika, creator of the Buddhify Meditation app, and your host. Visit meditativestory.com to find the transcript for this episode.